This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about sunflowers and their seeds and oil. Yes. Was there any particular inspiration for this topic, Lauren? Uh, it was in our ideas sheet. I don't know how long it's been. Specifically, we had sunflower oil in there. Maybe it was a listener suggestion at some I point. suggested sunflower oil a while back, actually. Okay. That might have been an Annie suggestion. <laughs> well, I mean, you also technically listen to the show? Mm-hmm. Sure. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, any reason why uh, why you suggested it? Yes. Yes, actually. Um, I, my mom and I, a few years back, she took me to a sunflower farm. Um, and it was so, so lovely. And she loves Aww. sunflowers. Uh-huh. Um, and they were just so pretty. And we, like, bought chapstick and sunflower oil and sunflower seeds. And I actually hadn't heard about sunflower oil. I didn't know that was a thing. We took one of the cutest pictures together I think we've ever taken Aww. with all these sunflowers in the background. It was just such a lovely day. And I was like, ooh, we should talk about that. And I do love a good sunflower seed. My older brother, that used to be like a sign he'd been around was a bag of sunflower seeds. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I Growing up, my grandparents in Ohio, my mom's parents, uh, had a few sunflowers in their little garden out back. And so uh, so I always remember, right, having some of the blooms from the, – they were the type that, that has like one large head at the top and then maybe a few smaller ones. And so we would have – the smaller ones as blooms around the house and um and yeah and as the seeds would come in we would eat the seeds oh so good um mm-hmm. also I, I i feel like it should be obvious as i am uh uh as i've said before a goth of a certain age um i was really into the x-files when it came out i was in like yeah. like late elementary early middle school and uh and Fox Mulder, one of the main characters, uh, eats sunflower seeds like kind of continually for a few seasons there. Like it's a very frequent snack for Mulder. Hmm. I used to, I can't believe I forgot that because I loved The X-Files too, although I was forbidden from watching it for a few years. So Ah, maybe I happened uh to miss the sunflower seed time. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely went through like a like a Mulder sympathetic related sunflower seed eating period <laughs> of my life. I love that. <laughs> uh, apparently, for the show, um, they uh, I I didn't know this off the top of my head, but I found it while I was doing reading. Um, the bags that he was eating from were just bags of David brand sunflower seeds, but they had like put a sticker over the actual brand name. Um, and the sticker read Spitz, S-P-I-T-Z. Um, but uh. otherwise it was just it was just a David's bag. So yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder if that has anything to do with uh, the whole baseball thing, which I didn't know about, but chewing sunflower seeds for baseball and like spitting them out. I don't know. I don't know. Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, spitting in a sunflower seed shell is definitely a, a thing that some humans do. It is. It is. Uh, and yeah, I guess a final culture note before I'm sure we have, we'll have others throughout. But mm. I have had that Post Malone song, Sunflower, in my head since no. we started doing this one. I'm not really... I have no idea what that is. I... You've seen into the Spider Verse, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 in uh, it's uh, it starts it's in there twice, so it's kind of like a okay. bookend. But it's okay, a popular cool. song he's listening to when he's like drawing. Oh, cute! All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Well, <laughs> I guess this brings us to our question. Sure. Sunflowers. What are they? Well, uh, sunflowers are beautiful, bright flowers that happen to produce hundreds or even thousands of tiny fruits, which we ignore, um, and eat the single seeds inside of those fruits. Um, Sunflowers are an art and a science. They are pretty much the greasiest flower out there, but in, like, the best way possible. Um, They're like a a slow-blooming snack machine. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. And they they are beautiful. They, they are. are. So, so pretty. <laughs> Heck, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, botanical name, Helianthus anus or anus. Um, sunflowers are an annual plant that uh, grows tall but remains relatively herbaceous. Uh, that is uh, soft and not not woody. Um, they commonly reach uh, 6 to 12 feet in height or about 2 to 4 meters with a, a sturdy central stem putting off these, these broad, dark green leaves and flowering heads, um, sometimes multiple flowering heads or sometimes just one at the very top. And those heads will grow into these big discs, like a like sort of platter shaped, about four to 20 inches in diameter. That's about 10 to 50 centimeters um, with a with a ring of these colorful petals around the outer rim of, of the platter in, in hues of bright yellow to gold to reddish. And then on, on the inside, making up the, the dish of the platter, hundreds or, yes, thousands of these tiny florets that can each develop into a single dry husky fruit that each contains a single seed. Um, and these fruits are, yes, what we call sunflower seeds. Confusing. Yes. But, okay. <laughs> but so, uh, those seeds grow in uh, spiral patterns out from the center of the flower head. And most commonly, if you count the spiraling rows of seeds, each row will contain a number of seeds from the Fibonacci sequence, um, in which each number is the sum of the previous two. So, uh, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, etc. Yeah. Um, Seeds in the center will still be developing while the ones towards the outer edges mature. And the, the husks of, of those fruits or seeds, yeah, can, uh, can come in colors from white to brown to black when they're mature. Um, they're often dark with, uh, with white or cream-colored stripes. They're oblong, uh, slightly flattened ovals that are pointed at one end, and those inner seeds are cream-colored and about the same shape. The seeds are consumed by themselves as a snack, uh, sold either hulled or still in their shells, usually roasted, um, seasoned either just with salt or with any number of flavorings, sweet or savory. I mean, you know, all all that like like dill pickle and bacon ranch and <laughs> whatever the whatever the flavorings of the day are. Yeah, mm -hmm. to eat them in their shells, right? People generally crack the shells with their teeth, like put the whole. Thing in their mouth and crack the shell open with their teeth and then spit the shell out. Mm -hmm. The seeds can also be used as an ingredient in uh, baked goods um, or like a sprinkling on top of fresh salads, maybe uh, in, a, in a pilaf or granola or a trail mix or a candy, um, anything where you might want a bit of crunch and then kind of like nutty, buttery flavor because, yeah, they, 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 they can have a little bit of a crunch to them, but they're sort of creamy and sweet. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they can also be processed into a nut butter um, to be used as a spread or an ingredient in a savory or sweet dishes. And they are a fairly oily type of seed, about 20% protein and 40% oil, though that can it can go up or down depending on the varietal being grown. Um, the oil from the seeds is popular in cooking and baking because it's pretty shelf-stable. Um, it doesn't need to be hydrogenated in order to get it to keep for any length of time. Um, and hydrogenating oils tends to make them less healthy, so that's cool. Um the oil also withstands fairly high temperatures. It's got a high smoke point. And it's also used in the uh, making and manufacture of vegan alternatives to conventional animal products like um, margarine or uh, mayo or various um, nut cheeses and spreads, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
The oil is a little bit expensive to produce, even though the seeds contain a lot of it. Um, and that's because they're also a little bit waxy, um, which requires more filtration and processing. But nonetheless, the oil is also used in um, various industries um, as biofuels, cosmetics, paints, lubricants, and, uh, and in drug preparations. And the seed hulls are used as uh, animal feed supplements. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, sunflower seeds are pretty good for you. Um, they're a source of protein and fiber and like those good unsaturated fats, plus a whole spread of vitamins and minerals and other micronutrients. They are calorically dense. So, you know, like watch your portion sizes and eat a vegetable, hydrate, especially if you've got that bacon ranch flavor or whatever it is. <laughs> I did have a good time looking at all the flavors that were available. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't do I didn't do a list. I kind of meant to and then didn't get around to it before we started recording. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever had anything other than, you know, your straight salted. Roasted. Salted, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But of course, of course, we've added bacon flavoring to it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, we do have some numbers for you. Oh, we do. Um, all right. So I know that I said that thing about the Fibonacci sequence, about the seeds being um, coming in Fibonacci sequence numbers, but... Um, that was kind of one of those things. It was like, oh, yeah, they grow in Fibonacci sequences. Uh, some researchers did some crowdsourced science. Um, uh, they collected uh, samples of 657 reported sunflowers over the course of four years. And then published in 2016, the study that found um, that as many as one in five sunflowers will grow seeds that are not in the Fibonacci sequence. And some in patterns that are much more complicated. Ooh. Right? That's interesting. Yeah. Love it. I do, too. Um, I have kind of some dated numbers here. But in 1990, 80% of the sunflower crop's value was due to the oil. And at the time, this oil accounted for around 14% of global seed oil production. As sunflower seeds are, right, high in oils, um, you can get more oil from sunflowers than soybeans, acre for acre, um, almost 600 pounds of oil per acre from sunflowers. Dang. Yeah, I know, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. but that sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is a big market, um, especially after pretty steady growth for the past few decades. Um, as of 2020, the sunflower oil market was worth some $18.5 billion, and it was the fourth most consumed vegetable oil in the world. Yeah, uh, more sunflowers are being grown and more oil is being produced as as possible. Um, numbers do vary, but the estimates for, for last year, 2021, were that oil production was uh, going to increase 4% to 39 million metric tons, thanks to a bunch of new cultivation efforts around the world, um, and that exports of that were going to increase 14% to 12.6 million metric tons. Um, thanks to these growing markets in places like the EU, China, India, Iraq, and Turkey. Wow. Yeah. Um, as of 2020, uh, Russia and India were the largest producers of sunflower oil, with around 3 million metric tons each. Uh, Ukraine is also a major player. Belgium and the Netherlands, meanwhile, were consuming the most per capita, um, 39 and 26 kilos per person per year, with Russia just behind them. Dang. <laughs> I know, right? 
Um, although these these numbers are tied to safflower oil as well. So, mm. but yes, uh, lots of it. Um, meanwhile, a few world records for you. Uh, <laughs> the most heads on a single sunflower plant clocks in at 837. <laughs> I know. Uh, that that plant was grown in Michigan. Um, I think the record is from like 2001. Um, I didn't write it down, but that's that's what my brain is telling me. Um, meanwhile, the tallest sunflower on record was 9.17 meters. That's 30 feet one inch. Wow. That was grown in Germany by a dude who has been uh, leapfrogging a few other people for the tallest sunflower title for the past like couple of decades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he used this this multi-tier scaffolding to help support it. Um, the local fire brigade came to help measure it. <sighs> it's a whole thing. Whole thing. Love it. Yeah, what a thing to decide. You know what? I'm going to be known for this. Yeah. I, I, I don't care what I've got to do. And no one is going to take it from me. Mm-mm. Who do they think they are? <laughs> I love it. <sighs> yes. Well, we've got a lot of we got a lot of interesting history on this one. Some art, science, oh, yeah. oh, all yeah. kinds of things. We do, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. 
and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, we are focusing on the seed. Um, we're going to be talking about the oil, too. It's just so closely intertwined. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the oil comes from the seeds, It's so it's difficult to separate out. Yeah. Yes. So, historians think that sunflowers originated in North America, perhaps specifically in Western North America, but that the sunflowers migrated east um, along with some of the tribes from that area as they migrated. They took the sunflowers with them uh, where they were first domesticated somewhere around 4,000 years ago. Um, yeah, it's thought to be the only crop that was domesticated in what's now the United States to have reached global importance. Wow. Okay. Uh, Native Americans selected for sunflowers that grew a large single head and produced edible seeds that were higher in protein, larger, and more resistant to pest. The seeds were used as food, but also in art, medicine, and rituals. Uh, yeah, uh, just just for example, sunflowers were used by um, by the Aztecs as offerings to the the god of of sun uh, and war. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For a while, sunflowers were widely cultivated and grown alongside crops like squash. But when maize came onto the scene, that changed. By the time Europeans started showing up, uh, maize had replaced sunflowers as the dominant crop, though sunflowers were still grown. Um, some records include observations of sunflowers from southern Canada all the way down to Mexico. In the 1500s, the Spanish took sunflower seeds back to Europe with them, where they quickly spread. At first, uh, Europeans, it seems, mainly admired them for their size and beauty. Yeah, not as a food source quite mm. yet. Um, yeah, they were like really posh at one point with the Italian Medici dynasty. They garnered a few nicknames, like the marigold or chrysanthemum of Peru, um, by the mid-1600s, the sunflower even came to replace traditional European flowers in retellings of um, Greek myths, uh, where, where prior tellings of these stories about um, uh, Helios or Apollo, um, you know, the god of the sun, had, had used heliotrope, um, folks started using this new heliosanthos, this, this flower of Helios, this sunflower. Um, in these tellings um, or or in artistic works depicting uh, the stories. Like um, like in one myth, uh, the gods take pity on this water nymph who has uh, fallen head over heels for Helios and is just pining away, her face always, always watching him as he flies across the heavens in his chariot, the sun. Um, and uh, And they turn her so that she can quit pining, I guess, into a sunflower. And I'm not sure why that makes it better, but that's the myth. That's one way to go about it. <laughs> and the sunflower will um uh and, and it's and it's a little bit dramatic too, um, because it's such a large flower. But if you watch a sunflower throughout the day, it will follow the sun across the sky. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. 
as time passed, Europeans did come to realize the culinary potential of the sunflower as well. And a lot of that has to do with Russia. Because, yes, eventually sunflowers reached Russia, where they transformed the flour into cooking oil. And if you're like me, you're like, huh, well, why did that happen? And why did this sunflower take off in Russia and this oil in particular? Some historians suggest it might have been due to religion, or at least partly so. Okay. Yes, because during Lent, the Russian Orthodox Church had a list of forbidden foods, foods that included <sighs> things like butter and lard. But because the sunflower was a new crop... New to Russia, anyway. It wasn't included on the list. And people figured out they could use sunflower oil, causing the crop to really take off. It was kind of a loophole. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I... I am continually startled by what a gigantic impact the Catholic Church in its various forms across Europe had on on oil, <laughs> on, on the types of fats that were eaten mm-hmm. around continents. It's wild to me. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Please continue. Huh. No, I agree. The matter of time, the number of times we bought Lent and Lent's impact in particular is uh-huh. pretty like amazing to me. Yeah. But yes, okay, so the high-protein content was a plus of all this, too. People were a fan of that. By the 1800s, both Russia and Ukraine had fields of sunflowers. Uh, from accounts I read, like, huge fields. Soviet plant breeders selected for varieties of sunflowers that contained almost 50% oil in their seeds under Stalin's rule. And over time, European grocery shelves started stocking sunflower oil. And the oil in seeds spread across Asia as well. Uh, Meanwhile, European artists were still just enchanted with the flowers. Um, Impressionists like Monet depicted them in the mid to late 1800s. Oscar Wilde wrote about them. Um, This one tour that he did of the United States in 1882 uh, featured sunflowers uh, depicted on the stage backdrop and um, on hand fans for the audience. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Van Gogh did uh, two series of sunflower paintings, the first from 1887 featuring these dead flowers, and then the second the following year with these vibrant blooms. Um, I, I, they, they appear in paintings by Klimt and Diego Rivera just all over the place. It's really, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's a very, I mean, like, they're real pretty, but, like, it, it's, mm-hmm. you can get really, really, really into um, the different theories about what they were symbolizing to all of these different artists and how they became such a trope. Yeah, yeah. And you and I were discussing before we started recording how fun it is when Saber gets to do, like, a little art history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I... I was like running out of time before the recording. And I was like, oh, I still need to talk about botany. Heck. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll, also, just side note, as I think I have also mentioned on the show before, uh, if you ever really want to make me cry, show me the Van Gogh episode of Doctor Who. And that's, I don't know why you want to. That seems mean. But, um, <laughs> but, oh, heck. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, I and some of my friends just enjoy crying sometimes. A good cry can be can be nice. It's it's cathartic. You're right. You're right. Maybe maybe people are just out there looking for catharsis for me. That's Yeah, let's we'll put a, <laughs> the the sunflower spin on it. The sunny one. <laughs> yes. 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, plant breeders continued to have success in creating varieties of sunflowers that um, became were more commercially viable, which in turn led to more farmers growing them in the Great Plains region here in the United States after World War II. These farmers could sell the oil and the seeds either as bird seeds. And side note, my mom said my mom is a big she's got like the binoculars. She's got the books. She's a bird watcher. OK, cool, cool. And she has a pretty decent sized backyard, but there's all these different types of uh, birdhouses and bird feeders she has. And she says they love the sunflower seeds are their favorite. Oh. Maybe tied with the peanuts, but those were the ones that go down the fastest and they fight over them. I've seen them out there like, ooh. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. It'd be your nightmare, Lauren. (laughs) Birds (laughs) fighting. All over the place. As long as they're fighting over there and not like on my face, I'm pretty okay mm. with it. Okay, that, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but also, yeah, they these farmers were able to sell the seeds as a human snack, not just for birds. Mm-hmm. H- however, the production declined in the 80s due to things like price, pest, and disease. Since the 1930s, production has increased by six times, though, and the sunflower seed was the third highest source of vegetable oil from 1985 to 86, very specific, Hmm. after palm and soybean. However, during our more modern era, sunflower oil has typically been eclipsed by corn or soy oil behind olive oil, of course, here in the United States anyway. That's not the case everywhere. But uh, sunflower oil did see a bump in the 1990s thanks to potato chips and the Mediterranean diet. (laughs) Both those things. People were swapping out trans fats for things like olive oil, leaving companies that use trans fats in their products scrambling for an alternative, including companies like Frito-Lay, who fried their chips in trans fat-heavy, partially hydrogenated soybean oil. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what they were using at the time. Well, sunflower breeder Jerry Miller told them about the high oil-producing sunflower seeds that the Soviets had created, uh, resulting in an oil that was good for you, in his words, uh, didn't go bad when frying chips and had no trans fats. Miller recalled Frito-Lay had a chemist named Manoj Gupta who recognized immediately what it could do for his company, and he said, let's go, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope I didn't butcher that name. I couldn't find a pronunciation. Yes. uh, And in 2003, uh, uh, based on Gupta's work, uh, Frito-Lay switched to sunflower oil for the manufacture of its snacks. And these days, farmers have entire fields of these new uh, sunflowers in order to meet the demand from potato chip companies, snack companies. Yeah. Uh, Demand for the oil is also tied up in research into another alternative to conventional products that was coming up during the same time, biofuel. Research with the oil is ongoing. Breeders are attempting to lower the saturated fats in the seeds. And if they succeed, sunflower oil might become the vegetable oil with the lowest levels of saturated fat. And what I loved about that story was that it was an accidental kind of discovery. Oh, huh. Yeah, this sunflower that did this, it was sort of a people didn't know sunflowers did that. Um and the I think it might have been Miller, but it was somebody who worked at the sunflower research station which I love that it, that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, that's so exciting. He goes around and collects sunflowers. He's like, so exciting. There could be something out there that we just don't know yet. And his yeah. enthusiasm was very, very infectious. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, and 
The oil isn't the only thing to be more widely adopted because of perceived health benefits. In recent decades, the seeds have been viewed as a healthy snack, and frequently uh, they pop up in articles about health, uh, some more reputable than others. But I, a lot of my like early search results were all about the health of sunflower seeds. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that um, especially the ones that are sold in their shells are talked about as a um, as a good way to, you know, like get that crunchy snack that you're looking for that also has a good amount of um, protein and uh, healthier fats. And furthermore, that will slow you down a little bit as you're eating, um, uh, letting your your stomach have time to contact your brain and be like, hey, dude, you're getting full. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so therefore leading to less overall consumption or less like accidental consumption. Yes. Uh, skipping ahead though to, um, to like now ish, uh, Cooking oils in general have seen price increases during the COVID-19 pandemic as supply chain issues have decreased supply. In, in the case of sunflower oil, like many crops, um, this is exacerbated by recent climate change issues causing more problems with the supply. Um, but research is going into um, wild species in the sunflower genus, which contains like over 100 species, including the domesticated sunflower, um, in the hopes that hybrids could help create sturdier plants. And yeah, I read a couple articles that were that were really dear um, about yeah. these researchers going out and looking for these these wild sunflower types that grow in unexpected, like just right up out of the sand out mm -hmm. in the southwestern United States and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, that's so cool. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, stepping back a bit, we have some more kind of artsy cultural notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to end on like not climate change. Um, so, <laughs> so um, uh, right. Um, the X-Files <laughs> debuted in 1993. Uh, Mulder snacked on sunflower seeds in that first pilot episode. Um, he later discusses having a, a particular nostalgia for sunflower seeds because um, when he was growing up, uh, he he says that he would wake up in the middle of the night convinced that he was the only person on the planet, that he was totally alone. Um, but then he would hear from the other room his dad snacking on sunflower seeds and be comforted by by that human connection. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He also uses sunflower seeds to uh to temporarily stop a vampire in season five in the episode Whoa. Bad Blood. Because in in some vampire lore and for these vampires in question, if you um if you spill uh seeds or coins or something on on the ground, then they will compulsively stop and pick them up mm -hmm. or count them or whatever the mythology says. And oh. so and so the kid from Sandlot is this vampire. This might be a spoiler. I'm sorry. And he and he spills these sunflower seeds everywhere. And and, and Mulder spills the sunflower seeds. And then the kid has to stop and pick him up. So, yeah. I would be so annoyed. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. This kid is mad. <laughs> I, I can see it. I agree. I'd be furious. <laughs> and I'm going to count these sunflower seeds. I have to say that's not as silly as what I thought it was going to be, which is something like, because sun is in the name, no, it bursts into flame. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Never with the X-Files. Never, never, never. Not silly. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then on kind of the other side, Ai Weiwei debuted his seminal piece of art called Sunflower Seeds in 2009. For the piece, he handcrafted sunflower seeds in porcelain and filled the exhibition hall with them. Uh, a bunch of people worked on it, actually. Uh, 100 million seeds weighing Ooh. 150 tons. Whoa. And it has been exhibited in nine countries. Yeah. There's a whole wow. documentary about the making of it. Uh, it, was it was intense. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, dude. That's, yeah. okay, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. Uh, I think some of them have either gotten lost or, like, not all exhibition halls can have the size to display it at its sure. full uh, beauty. So I think the number might have gone down from when he first uh, debuted it, but it's still a lot. Yeah, 100 million is like a bunch. That <laughs> Yup. Mm-hmm. Ah. Sunflowers. This has made me think, this isn't a question I get as often anymore, but like, I think the sunflower might be one of my favorite flowers. Yeah. I, yeah, I love them. I love them. I'm getting like all wistful just imagining. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've never I've never been out to a to a farm with uh, with that many of them, but it sounds really 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 beautiful. Um, I, mm-hmm. I guess I I guess I never think about them as like a flower when I'm thinking about flowers, but yeah, um, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty okay. They're pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, they got some fun math going on. Yeah, it's lots of cool science art. We really we got to go all over the place with this one. We did. Vampires. Who knew? Vampires. I know. The only thing is I've just realized every now and then when I'm doing like all my pun title ideas to send to Lauren, I'm like, she will not get this one, but I have to put it in anyway. I'm not going <laughs> to get my post alone oh. pun. That's okay. I'll, I'll look I'll up. I'll make it anyway. I'll look, I'll, look up, I'll look up the song. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> You've got to understand my puns, Lauren. It's part of my artistic process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know like half of those probably only make sense to me and one other person, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I I feel like, or I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe if maybe if I'm not getting your original intention, maybe they're vibing for me on a different level. I I feel like Ooh. I'm not. I feel like I'm not blatantly confused by your puns most of the time. Yeah. That's fair, because some of them I'm like, this is such a deep cut, and probably only me yeah. <laughs> knows it, but I have to make it anyway. I have to get out of my system. <laughs> I <Ooh>. understand. <laughs> I I see you, and I and I suspect that anyone who is listening to this show probably probably sees you as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sunflowers for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about what we have to say about sunflowers for now, though. Yes. Um, but speaking of y'all listeners, we do have some listener mail for you. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Kathleen wrote, Today I finally went to the fancy grocery store in the rich neighborhood. I saw kumquats and was like, yes, Lauren (laughs) says these are the best and it's been forever since I had one. Don't even remember the taste. Gotta get them. No price tag to be seen, but that's all fine. I'll only get a few. I get to the cash register. 230 grams, a half pound, was almost $10. Ooh. Yeah. I finally see the price on the screen. It's $33.90 per kilogram. So I'm half afraid to try them now for fear I like them. (laughs) (laughs) Please eat lots of kumquats and other tropical things for those of us in more northern remote areas. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. P.S. I recommend your podcast to friends all the time. Most recently under the description of it's the listening equivalent of the feeling of a hug. Oh, please never change. Oh, sweet. Oh, my heart's all warm. Yes. (laughs) 
And don't worry, I don't think we could change if we wanted to. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. This is pretty uh, much what you get. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I still have not seen kumquats, but that is quite steep a price. Uh, yeah, that's high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out, but I've, I've also been in this position where you're like, surely it can't be that bad, and you go to check out, like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, they are pricey uh, here as well. But goodness, I'm not sure if they're that pricey. Yeah, that's a. There, there, there are a number of things that I'm like. Well, this piece of fruit is going to be my treat for the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, Vicky wrote. Love your show and its predecessor, and have been meaning to write for ages. That in botany, only genera is used as the plural of genus, never genuses, so much so that it sounds really wrong to those of us in the plant realm. Um, I do speak from a British and Australian perspective, so maybe in the U.S. botanical field, genuses is widely used. In typing this, though, it has come up as a spelling error. Anyway, I look forward to your always entertaining dives into foods. Huh. I have never heard heard of that word. Genera? Uh, um, yeah. yeah uh, I've, I've only ever... Okay, so I've only ever seen the plural of genus written as genera in, um, in botanical uh, contexts. Um, I mm. use the word genuses because I always forget, and I in fact looked it up before I started reading this listener mail to double <laughs> check, I always forget how to say genera. Um, I'm uh. like, is it generae? Is it what are we doing? Um <laughs> But uh, but when I looked it up, according it well, well a um, it is not squiggly red underlined as being an incorrect spelling. Genuses um, mm-hmm. in in our uh, American Google Doc over here, um, <laughs> and b when I looked it up on Merriam-Webster, it says that you can pluralize it as genuses. Mm. It's like saying it in that way that Mary Webster says things when it's like, well, people do this, but. Yeah, it's kind of like when the French deliberate on whether or not they'll let a word like email into their language. (laughs) 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 Well, I guess people are doing it, so we can't stop them. (laughs) Yeah, I guess now that you say that, I have seen kind of those old timey botanical illustrations. And I think I have seen genera in that sense. Either way, interesting note. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, and and um, also uh, a good reminder that uh, that we're just we're just podcasters. Um, we're <laughs> yeah. we're not we we do not have science or history um, backgrounds. Um, we are just curious humans who are out here, out here reporting what we what we read. <laughs> We are very curious indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.